This is the Self-Help Place podcast, the show that provides real self-help for everyone. Created and hosted by Dan Dyson. Hello and welcome back to episode six of the Self-Help Place podcast. And in today's episode, I have my first guest returning back again for another adventure in the self-help world. This is Dave Norris on the line. How are you, Dave? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. Very Excellent. well. Enjoying the sun from from indoors is kind of strange, but um, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to um, enjoy what I can from it. I've actually got my heating on. I'm really cold today for some reason, so I've got the heating on and it's sunny. It's a weird one. It is odd, actually. It. Yeah, I mean, I think being indoors makes me appreciate outdoors a bit more um, Well, with that one. And yeah, it's um, it's very sunny. And yeah, it, it is cold, actually. I went off for a walk actually not too long ago and it was, it was freezing out. So uh, the weather's playing up as much as the world situation is, I guess. Yeah. Well, the the other reason I did, I've been doing a lot of running recently. Yeah. And um, I've actually when when I went out this morning, I god my legs they were so sore. They were so so sore. <laughs> so I I ran like a an ice cold bath. Right. And I maybe sat in there a bit too long, and I think I'm a little bit kind of chilled to the bone. You know that way that happens sometimes. You just you're struggling to warm up. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I feel so, that. So uh, it's probably best you stay indoors from now on then for the rest of the day. So, which is a good job you're I indoors. I think so. For, I think so. I think it's good for this podcast at least that you're indoors because then I can talk to you now. So that's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in today's in today's conversation, we're going to be looking at ego, and that's a really big topic actually, and it can it can go in several directions. But the direction I'm going to take it today is how we can not let ego spoil things like our relationships our work and our lives basically and it kind of borders on the topic of pride as well but it all comes from that sense of ego and just to give a bit of an Oxford definition of ego now ego is a Latin word from the early 19th century and it literally means I so me I and the psychoanalysis definition is the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity, and particularly on that last point there. So um, first of all, Dale, I, I want to start with you and yourself when it comes to ego. What, what's your kind of experience in ego and what would you, how, what, what's your view on ego as a whole? How would you define it, I guess? Oh. Wow. Um, really, I, I think ultimately what it's been is a bit of an obstacle. In all honesty, it's it's been something I've had to kind of grapple with for a long time hmm. and still grappling with. And it's not kind of until recently. I sent you a message when I was kind of getting a bit more clarity on it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not removing the ego and it's not ignoring it. Right. It's managing it right mm-hmm. and how how do i move forward with this thing because in my experience when the ego has been or my ego has been in my way it's never worked out for the better it's always sort of worked out to make things worse mm-hmm. so and recently because we've had so much downtime recently and i and i thought i'd be going stir crazy but i've actually found it really quite um quite useful in a lot of ways that the chance to kind of sit and reflect and really kind of examine my own values and my own motivations and why I do things um, and really trying to boil down am I doing this because of how 
is is this is this ultimately boiling down to a sense of ego and a sense of making myself better in the eyes of others right. or is it something i truly care about so i've had this whole opportunity to kind of reevaluate a lot of what i do and why i do it and then how i'm going to do it moving forward yeah okay so you've kind of taken a direction with it really you've you've kind of really you've taken the time to really analyze um yourself and like i said it's taking taking what you've got and and putting it in putting it in the direction that's useful to you because as we've said on the show actually um you know there's six episodes in it's all about taking what you have and driving it uh being honest with yourself and driving it towards something that will you know make it make your life better i guess so that's a good point to make yeah absolutely now this is just before we started i am um, i was listening to your previous episode right. with uh, mike mm-hmm. on it and i was absolutely blown away i loved it i really i really did and what a guy he is i think really really kind of powerful insights from him and there was this whole the whole obviously the whole kind of topic was about like pressure yeah right and there was this whole performance aspect to it mm-hmm. which i which i really enjoyed obviously another musician you know and i really understand that sort of area where it was coming from and there was just kind of something i want to i want to go off of there from which was you guys were talking about like tyrannical band leaders yes you were talking about that sort of thing mm-hmm. um and you know being shouted at if you make a mistake yeah. As, and then obviously you kind of went down the road of you know it'd be a, a better workplace a better performance place is someone who is like you know just relax and don't worry about any mistakes you make yeah i i would sort of argue with that as well mm-hmm. it's it's the ability to manage your own ego and go okay i made a mistake and i'm probably you know from 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 the a tyrannical band leader mm-hmm. going to be reprimanded a little bit. Yeah. Now, why 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 am I being reprimanded for that? So, is it is it is it because I haven't done as well as I thought I should have? Mm-hmm. Because I'm better than this. Or is it or well, it's all well, it could be both. Is also his approach which yeah. is that you know, this is like my band and this is has to be this good. And in both of those scenarios, I would argue there is a large or there is a presence at least of ego that can be removed. So I what I would add to that as well is when, when I when I perform, I'm usually I'm kinda looking forward to making my first mistake. Yeah. Because once I've made it the rest of the performance is a breeze. It doesn't matter. Once you've made your first one, you can relax. It's like, oh, thank God, finally it's over. Oh, I've already, I've messed, I've messed up a little bit, right? I can, I can move on. Yeah. Without this mounting pressure of this quote-unquote perfect gig, which is not only a myth, right? Yeah. But that does nothing except serve yourself. Yes. Which for me, in a performance aspect, it's not performance is not an inward-facing thing. Mm-hmm at all mm. I, I could be wrong maybe maybe i haven't thought about it enough but for me it's all about everyone listening and it's i i kind of really 
Well, I have the ability and the confidence to do this. I, I do not mind going on stage and making mistakes and making myself vulnerable. Yes. Because what, what, I've, what I've actually found is when I've made myself vulnerable and removed myself out of the equation, mm-hmm. I kind of get more of a feedback from people for it. They can tell. There isn't, the, there's no, there's no, there's not a shred of irony about it. There's no, look how good I am. It's all about, this is a good time. I'm entertaining you guys. This is about you. Yeah. That's a perfect point to make actually, because, um, I mean, as musicians, we do have to manage ego quite a lot. And I think that is musicians are one example of where the ego can get the better of you. Now like you just said, you know, um, when you go on the show and make that first mistake, the rest doesn't matter. I mean, that's, that's like a pressure point for yourself. And we have our own self expectations as musicians. And sadly, we can also be kind of perfectionist. You know, we like, cause no one likes looking bad. No one likes looking like this suck. And that comes down to like the ego part. Um, I mean, the good thing is with the tyrant, going quickly back to the point of the, you know, the tyrant band leaders, um, I guess you could argue a good ego way is is you have values of yourself and how you wish to be treated. And whether you can put that in an ego perspective, that comes down to identity. I'm this, I have the right to be treated in this certain way. But then, so there's that good aspect, but on the on the flip side of that, it's like, you know, you can get too much into it. Like, you know, you can really, really punish yourself for making mistakes and things like that. But like you said, if you just let go of that, become more vulnerable. People, I find that people love you for being vulnerable more than they do when you're trying to be act perfect and cool all the time. And you have this idea of your head that if you're just going to be, if you're like the best musician or the best skilled person in the world in anything, and you're super cool and calm about it and never shown vulnerability, there's that kind of ego that comes with that. And you think you're going to be worshipped by people and things. But actually, that I, I find that's never the case. I find that people don't relate to that. You know, they think, and it's like in, I mean, um, the next point I want to make after this is about relationships. You know, if you're seen as this perfect person, it kind of makes the other person feel a bit insecure in themselves because they think, oh, how, what am I doing wrong? How come they've got everything so right? So actually you find you push people away um, with that perspective. So I think that's an interesting point as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you a million percent because especially with something like music, Mm. I find it's it's all it's for me there's there's two key words yeah. authenticity and relatability right and and when when you've got in your head that I'm going to show everyone I'm the best guitar player or the best drummer or the best singer mm-hmm. you've you've automatically kind of removed both of those things yeah you know, because because it's not coming from a place of authenticity. It's coming from a place of like praise. Like I'm seeking praise or I am going to, if not praise, I am going to show everyone how good I am, which is kind of arrogant. Yes. Right? Mm. But then it's all about delivery because you can be the best guitar player in the world and go out and show it. Yeah. But then it's a question of delivery, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... it's um. And, and that's the thing. And, and as much as on this show we talk about like musicians and stuff, I mean, this actually, this, I mean, as we both know, this applies to everything. Musicians is a very, it's a very good example to use because that is your sense of ego and things like that can be heightened. And naturally, we look into these things more because, you know, um, any musicians listening to this, you have moments where you feel you're really good and great. And then you have feelings where you don't feel as good. But like you said, it's that authenticity 
of just you know being honest with that and not putting on this image because then it, it ego technically is putting on an image really isn't it it's 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 putting this image of i'm this i'm that i've got this persona and we can end up believing these things so much um because you know if i'm going to go a little deeper a uh, second there when we're born we're born into the world not to be morbid we're kind of born into the world naked and screaming you know but then as we as we grow older we kind of put convent everything's conventional everything's a construct you know we're given a name and we associate and identify with that name we identify with the skills we discover we identify with the friends we hang out with and it all builds over time through childhood that personal picture of who we are so but like you said um the the problem is is that we start to get a bit of a warped image that if we are the if we can show and boast we're the best at something even from and sadly some people bring this into adulthood as well um if we if we try to prove so much that we are the best of something it just it doesn't go even if you are the best it doesn't go that way and on the subject of not being just on musicians i'm currently learning web development and it's the same and it's the same with me being a drummer and finding people who are amazing at what they do and finding out how they do it now i i remember as a drummer i would go uh, i'd see a drummer who was unbelievable i seem to remember this actually i did a gig once um and he was he was really really good and i remember going and i remember like wanting to go up to him to ask how he did a certain thing in a show and i just felt a bit afraid because i thought oh he's just gonna go he's just going to be a bit weird about it, you know, because he's obviously great and stuff. So we all, we all already expect them to be super like, oh yeah, I know how good I am. But then I went over to him and I was like, that was amazing, that fill you did. And to anyone who doesn't know what a fill is, it's a pattern in drumming. Um, that pattern you did was amazing. Can you tell me how to do it? And he was like, oh, you really liked it? Oh, thank you. I've been working on it for a while and I just thought I'd try it out on the gig I wouldn't show if it works I'm thank you and yeah this is how you do it and it was that humility it was that oh that 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 honesty like oh I've been trying I've been afraid to try it but I thought I'd try it and it worked out that honesty and humility what it did is that it created that connection and if he had just been ego and went oh you just well you just got to practice more man like you know if you want to be as good as good as me you got to practice that would not only give me a, oh, he's arrogant, that would kind of think, oh, maybe I don't have it in me to do that. Like, if I could, if he shared his vulnerability to me, and that's going on to your second point, Dave, about relating, relativity, because he shared his vulnerability, I suddenly went, ah, suddenly I can do that. So letting go of that ego, or just not having it, not only does it help yourself in your honesty, it also inspires other people. And that's the thing, people think you have to be amazing and the best person ever to inspire people. Honestly, I, th- I think it's just like you said, it's honesty and relatability and being authentic. And so I think it just comes down to that. Yeah, a million percent. And that's amazing that that drummer did that. And mm. I think if, if every, not every, well, everyone can't be that way, but if, if people could kind of keep that in mind mm. as well, you're kind of extending an olive branch a little bit because you're kind of being open. You're inviting the opportunity to share and learn from each other, which I don't think, I don't think we do enough. I really don't. I, I think sometimes we're kind of, well, I do it this way and he does it that way. And you know, he doesn't want to learn from me. I want to, it's like, we can all learn from each other. Definitely. And it's, it's just incredible. I mean, even when, so this music I've been working on that you, obviously you've helped me record as well. Mm-hmm. The, the, the studio I've been working with have been really helpful in just saying that don't overthink it. Right. Yeah. Just, just do it. 
just do whatever it is you want to do. You know, like if 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 you overthink it and then you start changing it based on what you think other people think, mm-hmm. then it will undoubtedly suck. Yeah. It will just be really bad. Whereas if you do what you just enjoy doing, you are at least being authentic. Yes. Now, and if you're doing that because you like it, chances are there's loads of other people that also like it. Mm-hmm. So then you've also included that relatability. It's sort of like this snowballing thing is when you start kind of going down this road of, I'm going to take myself out of it and my, maybe not my fears, but my insecurities. Mm-hmm. Or even better, using your insecurities. Yes. You know, it tends to work for the better in in my experience anyway, but it's hard to do. Like, it's a hard thing to do. It's really hard. And it's hard to kind of say and, and be and be honest about what it is that frightens you and terrifies you and makes you uncomfortable. And why am I not this way? It's really hard. Oh, really, really hard. Yeah, it's um, it's a terrifying thing. And, and I think as well, like, you know, we were brought up, and I think I don't know. I don't know what really to blame here, but I guess we've all. I don't know about anyone else, but I've always grown up thinking that I should. You know, there's that pressure to be successful and this and that and well educated, and it's all on identity, and it's like your identity will be, you know, will be seen in a different way. And I think you like being open, vulnerable. The scariest place to be like that is in relationships, and that's the next thing I want to move on to. Like. Ego and relationships are quite a big, I find it's quite a big killer of relationships, ego and pride and things like that, you know, and, um, you know, it's, um, it's a stereotype that guys can't open up in relationships and things like that. And I think, you know, for young men in particular, like not to sound like an old man here, but, (laughs) um, but young, like, you know, I guess you could say all men then, um, but particularly young men, because, um, you know, we're, we're still really learning uh, about our identities. You know, there was, there was a young man identity crisis. You know, there's a lot of suicides among young men because, you know, we have to keep everything in. We have to, it's, again, it's, as much as we're talking about ego, we're, there's like a social ego. There's a social construct of what a man should be and what a woman should be. Mm. And, and talking yeah. about young men, at least on my perspective, like, oh, you have to be, you have to be the emotional rock. You have to be this. You, you like vulnerability. But the, the problem is what men don't understand is that we think that means keep everything in and don't show anything. But actually in relationships, you connect through your vulnerabilities. What it means is... To look, you know, these pe- people don't want to look weak, but weakness is really when you block it in so much, it becomes insecurity. So, you know, you have a girlfriend and she's going out in the town with her friends and stuff. Um, insecurity is when you let it get the best of you and you go, oh, you know, uh, what, what time are you going to be back at this time? You know, don't, don't, don't flirt with everyone. Like you're so worried about her meeting somebody else that will somehow you, be better. You are than speaking you. to the master of this, by the way. <laughs> I I was a mess with this for the longest time. Yeah, longest longest time. But it's totally understandable. Like I I can understand where that comes from because there is this there is this view that you just have to be this person that takes it all on the chin but it's it's all of there's a way of doing it and again it's not letting your ego get the best of you and it's letting go of that you know and and on my experience it's like ego is like oh 
I'm going to be the best man you ever find and then no one's going to come close to me kind of thing. And as much as it's nice to think that in a relationship, and of course you don't want thinking, oh, this is nice until you find someone better. That's a terrible insecurity to have. And it's not true. You know, you choose each other. Uh, and if anyone, and they, if they go, and if someone goes to you, oh, I'm, I'm leaving you because I found someone better, they obviously didn't see the value. And they, I mean, in my, in my opinion, there's no such thing as that. There's no such thing as someone who's better than anyone else. It's just different. And so th- th- those those people are worth letting go because they just don't, and it'll just cause you so much trouble in agree. the future. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. I really, really do. I really, really do. It. I actually, I, I have I have some notes in front of me about some you know uh, some stuff that I've been thinking about recently, and actually you kind of touched on one there. Okay, um, which is which was talking about like these insecurities and these kind of thoughts that kind of maybe will lead you down a darker road. Mm-hmm. Um, and because recently. Like I, like I said at the start, I've been reflecting a lot. And, and one of the things I've been trying to do... Now, now I'm not in a relationship. And I have this really strange back and forward in my own head. Okay. Right? Of, and it's a debate of, I need a girlfriend. Right? <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And, and, and no, I'm fine on my own. Right? Yeah. And, and it's been... It's actually just kind of wound me up a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I constantly find myself thinking about it again. Like, oh, you know, I could be in lockdown with a girlfriend. Like, just stupid, stupid stuff like that. And I'm able to say this now because really what kind of happened one day, I, the, the thought came mm-hmm. and then there was just this dead rational, not, ra- not even rational, but there was a side of me that just kind of went, why do you think that? What, yeah. what, t- tell, me, tell me your logic behind it, right? Uh-huh. And then in, in the space of about 20, 30 seconds, it, it led me to this kind of road again, going to the ego thing. Well, I think this is what I need. And I think if I had a girlfriend, everyone would think I'm successful right, or more yeah. successful than I am. The image. And then, and then I go, okay, well, well, why, why, why would that make you more successful? It's like, well, because everyone else thinks that's what I should be doing. It's like, right. But do you want that? And I'm like, mm, I don't know if I do. That's a brilliant point. Let's go. Well, well, there's your answer, and 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 that was only kind of I was only able to do that kind of with the help of like meditating, which is the idea that you're not tackling thoughts, mm. you you you're observing them, yes. you're looking at them, mm-hmm. the the way you would like say for example you would go shopping, like yeah. say you were shopping for something, you kind of observe the different ones and the quality of different items and and how it makes you feel and then kind of that's it that's all you have to do is just kind of observe it and if you have the ability to go why do i think that and you have the ability to then kind of dig deeper and go where is that value something i've put a value on or is that something that i've told myself because it's just always been told to me yes and that is does that that make sense yeah, that's that. I think that is the fir- the very first point on the original question on this podcast is how to not let ego like ruin your relationships and things like work and things like that. I think that that's the number one point. It's to it's awareness. It's and it's questioning. Like you you have a th- you have to just pay attention to what you're thinking sometimes because it can lead you down a dark road. So, and that's how and that is letting go, which I'll come on to in a moment. So, you know, you you have a. Uh, an ego in your head like I for example I must be the best this person or I've got to be this and this 
ask yourself why, like you just did, like you did, Dave, like, why, why do I feel like that? And you keep going down that road of why, and you'll come to your real answer, you know, it's because, it's and then you find, and something happens, a transformation kind of happens, you realize that you don't actually want that, it's something that you feel you should be doing. Now, and this is my point on letting go, which I was going to save for another podcast, actually, but I have, I have written, sorry, written, written a blog post about how, how to actually let go. Now, let, letting go doesn't happen. You cannot forcefully or willfully let go. It's a natural process. It's a symptom of when you see something for what it is. So to give you an example, which I wrote in my post, um, say you wake up in the morning and you're really, really hungry, but you remember you've got some leftover pizza in your fridge. Now, you, whether you, if you don't like cold pizza, let's just pretend you do for a second. <laughs> so you go downstairs and you go in the fridge and there it is. There's the pizza. And it looks amazing from looking at it in the fridge. It looks incredible and you cannot wait. So you take it out, you take a slice off, but then you notice something. And when you look at it carefully, you notice it's got maggots all in and outside the pizza and it's disgusting, right? Now, you don't carry on eating it, do you? You... You, you, in such a natural process, you straight away just throw it in the bin and you forget about it. Uh, but the analogy there is when you looked at it close, it looked great when you first looked at it, but when you looked at it mm-hmm. more closely, you realize that it was it was disgusting. And the key key phrase here, it would do you no good to eat it. So why wouldn't you still eat it? Because it's rotten. It's no good for you. There is nothing good. Yeah. There's nothing good to come out of eating that pizza. And you know that 100%. So naturally, you have no desire to carry on eating it. You throw it away. And I think you can use the same analogy, the, the same process when looking at your ego and looking at where it takes you. You you look, you have to look at it carefully. Like you said, that's what meditation does. It's that awareness like you saw. You saw, well, you know, I mean, it's 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 a little more complicated than a pizza, obviously, but um, it's looking, mm-hmm. it's rep- it's um, repetition, and that's meditation is an equilibrium that you build over time. It's that constant practicing of awareness, and the more you practice, the sharper your awareness gets, and you're able to actually see things as they are and go, you know what. That does no good for me. And I think it's looking at the world in yeah. skillful or unskillful means. Will that is that gonna do any good um or not? So I think that's a very yeah, that's a very good point you've made there. Yeah, so I've I've got kind of two points I want to make off the off the top of that because an, another kind of one I had God, I, I sound so tragic, but I'm 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 is <laughs> <laughs> is I was thinking about an ex girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And and thinking about like oh like i d- oh god if i if i saw her with someone else i would you know i'd be really sad mm. right mm-hmm. and then again i had this moment of going why 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 what what would make you think that yeah and then when i actually sat down to analyze it it's going oh well the only reason i would feel bad is because i would be jealous and jealousy is an inward facing thing that's because i feel like I have been cheated of something, yeah, which is not the case, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because when I actually think to the relationship, I mean, there's a reason it ended, which I'm I'm not going to get into. But but when I start to analyze that, oh, I, I don't want to see my ex or someone else. It wasn't because of what they were doing. It's because of my thoughts about myself, and again, my ego kind of getting in the way and going, oh, well, you've been cheated, you've been slighted, you've you're losing, or all of this, and it's absolute kind of nonsense yeah so yeah. then i've just had this ability to kind of rework it and go 
you know, like get it out of the way. Cause it's, cause that's just an intrusive thought. Like you said with a pizza, I wouldn't keep it in the fridge. Yeah. I'd throw it away, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just constantly doing that. I, I had a really, really great conversation with a friend yesterday, actually, because mm-hmm. she's sort of kind of going down the road. She's like, oh, I want to meditate and I want to do this. And I suggested this app to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she actually said, she's like, I'm kind of scared to do it. Like, I'm scared to kind of do this deep dive yeah, and ask myself these kind of powerful questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and that's when I said, it's like, well, then you're in the right place. Yeah. Because that's exactly why you should. Mm-hmm. Because then, because she she's an incredibly self aware person, right? And she already already kind of has this inkling that I'm gonna kind of take myself down a road that could potentially lead me somewhere that's gonna make me uncomfortable. And uh, thankfully, this this app is really really helpful. Like you're t- kind of dipping your toe in, and gradually, it's making itself into a tool that you can use, like I have, mm-hmm. right? But it was it was just so fascinating that the the thing she was scared about was examining her own her own thoughts, why she thinks things, her own motivations, and this is not an easy thing. I mean, literally, when when we talk about this sort of stuff, I have loads of quotations written by Socrates. Socrates, mm-hmm. that's that's over two thousand years ago. Yeah. So this is not a new thing. This mm-hmm. is not new by any stretch. This is this is a this is an ongoing battle that humans have been dealing with for a long time. And then the value in that is, is really kind of up to you, how you want to cut it and how you want to see it is entirely up to you. There's no wrong or right way. Mm -hmm. People have been debating it for 2000 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and that's, that's a, um, a key thing. Um, I mentioned, um, in Thailand, back in the 70s, there was quite a famous um, med- uh, meditation master, a Buddhist monk called Ajahn Chah, and um, he described meditation to uh, when you first start out, and he says, facing yourself for the first time is like running into a raging storm. It's quite normal to despair at first. Like, it's it takes a, it takes a deal of courage to really to really go into yourself. Like, I I knew somebody once who. Uh, in fact, I've I've met quite a few people who they cannot go to sleep without having some kind of a distraction because, and they admit it is because they cannot face their own thoughts, and that is that's that was quite upsetting to hear really that someone, you know, that their own self. You should be as sad and cringy as it sounds. <laughs> I don't mean it in a cringy way, but you should be your own best friend. Like you, like it's a lot of people don't realize this that you know the amount of power and the amount of peace you have when you just accept everything in your head for what it is and and it's a reason a lot of things happen you know there's um i myself i have ocd and a lot of patients with ocd patients um people even <laughs> i'm talking like a a psychologist here a lot of people with ocd <laughs> have a problem with intrusive thoughts and they can get in they can get and perfectly good-hearted like normal people get intrusive thoughts about things like murder and you know like some strange sexual intrusive thoughts which are actually totally normal for the human mind it's normal for those things to come in but of course you think you start to identify with those and think oh it must be because I'm a horrible person it causes such a great amount of distress so of course people are afraid to really face those and know the reasons behind it because they think Maybe I am that bad person. They, they, some people loathe themselves so much. They think maybe I'll find more of a reason why to hate myself for it. But actually, I think what people need to understand is that 
it never actually ends up that way. What you start to notice is that instead of noticing a terrible reason why you're such an evil person, you just notice habit, uh, sorry, habits and patterns. And that's, and that's all it is. It's just built up patterns and habits over time. And mm-hmm. really, they don't have much of a real basis behind them. They're, they're just things that, you know, you've experienced as a child or something, and they've, not to be too psychologist here, but they, you, 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 like, you uh, brought up with a, like a lens, like you have spectacles, so to speak. And every time you have an experience... Um, you put on a different shade of lens. They say, you know, rose-tinted glasses. That's a real point. Um, you have so many different views of yourself and the world that it creates this model for you. And it's such an ingrained habit that facing it for the first time, you know, some people doing meditation are facing for them- themselves for the first time. We're talking years of unconscious habit building that they're facing for the first time. It is hard, but it's worth yeah. doing. And I realize that it, does, it doesn't really hurt you. People are afraid to get hurt through it and realize things. But the, the, the key is, it's, it's a self, meditation can be a self-sustaining thing. You know? you know, you notice something in your mind you don't like. Oh, you straight away unconsciously go, I must be, I'm a terrible person. That is just another thought. And then after, whatever comes after that is another thought. It's another thought until you develop something, um, a, a skill called equanimity, which you, you're able you're able to see things as they are and not indulge in them too much. And I think um, that is one of the first key steps in really knowing yourself and really overcoming these obstacles. Yeah, agreed, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then th- this other idea of like good or bad thoughts or being perfect i mean it's it's also a comparison yeah and and we're com- we're comparing ourselves to we, we we seem to have this culture at the moment especially with like social media mm-hmm. of being exceptional all the time and i'm absolutely sick to death of it i'm sick to death of it because most people i'm going to be kind of blunt here maybe upset some people but most people aren't exceptional the chances are you're not exceptional. Right. And it's fine because it doesn't matter. It only matters if you let it matter, if you give it that value. Yes. You know, because and, and it's it's crazy, especially with social media. This is why I kind of have a thing about social media. You tend to see more of the exceptional things. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens, it stops becoming exceptional, becomes the norm. And when you don't measure up to that, you start hating yourself. Yeah. And you start going, why can't I be like that? Those people don't have my problems. And it's all, it's it's a complete, it's complete fiction. It's not, that's not the case. They've presented themselves in a particular way. They're doing something absolutely extraordinary, mm-hmm. but you're seeing them so frequently. So then the exposure to that is incredibly damaging. Yeah. It's it it's one of those things again. Like I said, it it builds unconsciously. You know, it's um as like you said with with social media, we have a crisis. Really, you know, we're seeing all these people who, like you said, are exceptional. Um, and unless we're exceptional, unless we're the absolute top one percent of everything, um, then it's it, it's we don't feel right in ourselves. But it's it's the totally wrong way to look at things. You know, it's and and this is what we've constructed and we we're in a society now where we're just constantly comparing ourselves i mean that is a normal thing to do it's a very very natural instinctive thing to compare ourselves to others and measure our own success by other people but i guess the more you really look at that the more you realize it is absolutely just 
nonsense to do that. Like you can, how can you compare your own life to anyone else? Your experience is unique to you. But of course, you know, we're in a, in, in some circles, unless you have a house, a job and a partner or husband, wife by a certain age, then you've not succeeded somehow. And I think that is, it's, it's, I think it's for categorization. I think as a society, it's, and as people, um, it's easier to categorize people into certain labels. I mean, this is a huge psychological point, but um, on a brief, touching on it briefly, it's easier for us to categorize people into separate labels so we can identify and associate with people better. But we have to realize that that can be very, very damaging. But I think, um, and we're coming towards the end of the podcast today, but um, I think the points we need to remember when it comes to and to directly answer the question, really, of you know how to not let ego ruin. Our, our our lives, our, our relationship and work and things like that. The first step is awareness of it. It's being aware of, um, you know, just that you have that thought and where does it come from? It's questioning and probing it. Okay, where does that really come from? You know, do I, ha- I have to be the best at this? Otherwise, I, I don't feel that don't feel that worthy where's that coming from so it's going down there it's a lot of self-investigation meditation things like that are tools that you can use to sharpen that awareness and three it's it's really recognizing what's skillful for you and it's going back to your point on the podcast that we did last time with you Dave it's being honest with yourself and back to the start of this podcast that we've recorded today categorizing things into skillful or unskillful okay what's skillful to me and will help other people and what is not skillful and it's hard when you have a whole society doing everything else and you're trying to think independently like that and that's another big topic it is difficult to do but I think that is the first steps you take it all starts with that awareness it's like a diet you become aware of what you're eating and over time you naturally want to change it into something something else instead of just going cold turkey and not knowing the reason why you actually look at what you're eating, you look at what you want to do, and you change it for the better. And what happens is you you actually kind of develop a relationship with yourself. You stop hating yourself so much. You stop loathing these parts of yourself. And instead of that, you start to recognize these things for what you are. And you feel that sense of power in knowing that you can do something about it. So, and in conversation, in relationships, in work, and things like that, it's recognizing that ego when it comes up, that little guy in your head that goes, oh, uh, I'm better than this, I can do this and that. So ask yourself, be aware of it, be skillful with it and say, where can I take this? What can I do with this? And with practice, you can overcome that habit of letting your ego get the best of you. Because like you said, it's not it's it's managing the ego. You know, it's there are people in the world that... Um, that really train hard to get rid of an ego or there's people who don't believe an ego exists in the first place. Whatever your viewpoint on it, you manage what's coming into your mind at the time. And I think that way, being more vulnerable towards people, um, being more compatible in the sense of, you know, you're relating to people's experiences, you're relating to their realness and taking it from there. um, I think you will find that your relationships strengthen um, you will find that your conversations flows better for you because you actually end up being more interested in other people and their and their experiences, and you learn about six times quicker than you would than if you just kept this guard up. All so so break those the walls down and be courageous with it. Yeah, that's abs- I couldn't have put it better myself. That's absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. I think so. So uh, on to, to conclude today's show, Dave. Um, so you mentioned a few things about your own life. You know, it were things were like relationships and um, 
and things like that and, and meditations um and moving forward um what would what would you say your vi- like i mentioned like a final point in just regards to how to manage it is there anything else you'd like to add to that is there any any experiences that you've taken away and thought that would be useful is there anything you'd like to share on that last point um yeah i overall overall what what i would say is um first of all yeah looking and paying attention to when your ego can rear its head and it kind of affects you and how it affects you mm-hmm. and what that means in relation to your life. But then also bearing in mind what gives you value in life, you can choose. You know, it's not, it's not predetermined for you and it's not definitely not predetermined by anyone else because this is nobody's, not responsibility, but it's nobody's choice except your own. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, life is really hard. And if you can kind of remove yourself from a place of judgment, I think you'll find you're, you're kind of able to grow a lot more, you know? And it, just remember, it's hard for everyone as well. It's really hard. Everything's really hard all the time. And we've been very ill-prepared. Like in our schooling system, we don't really get the tools to be able to deal with these kind of thoughts, even though these are some of the longest thoughts people have had for the longest time. Yeah. Um. That would that would pretty much be be my point. I've I've been a little bit waffly, but um. Oh, me too. I think I've that's said the whole point. I had this podcast. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm better at waffling than I am writing things down. So to be honest, the whole point of this podcast is so I can waffle on. So so, but no, Dave, I appreciate. Um, I don't think that was waffling. I think that's an exact point to make. That's a very important point to take away. Um, from this one, it is, and it's to, to conclude what you're saying. It's it's about management again. It's it is it, life is really hard, and it's hard for everyone else as well. And I think if we were just became a bit more understanding of ourselves, we would understand other people better. So, Dave, thank you very very much for waffling with me today. I think it's been a very very good topic for us to talk about today, and it and we've we've put some good points forward, and it's something that we just we all just need to take away really, and. Um, and bring it forward. So Dave, thank you very much for being on the show again today. It's a pleasure to have you as always. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks so much. That's no problem. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Um, so stay tuned because this week I'm currently looking at finalizing the self-help place ebook, the first free ebook that's coming out soon, which is called The Four Cornerstones of Mental Self-Care. Um, that will be with you shortly. I'm building an email list as well. So instead of having to watch out for any posts that come through and then having to, and podcasts, it'll come straight to your inbox. So you're able to listen to it and, and get the link straight away. So you'll always be updated on what I'm doing. But for the meantime, take care of yourselves and um, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. Please visit the website, theselfhelpplace.com for more information.